Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and I recorded this episode live last night in in Brownton Abbey, uh, the home of our good friend, Mr. Bo Brown, the director of the Dragon Con puppetry track and world-renowned puppeteer and uh, puppeteer coordinator i guess i don't know he needs a title uh the ambassador of puppetry for the whole planet if aliens invade uh and demand to see the the uh the best of our puppetry we will need to send them to mr bo brown anyway that's enough accolades for that guy uh we recorded a conversation but it's this is something new because normally when we're talking to Bo, we're talking about puppetry or we're talking about Masters of the Universe, uh, and we do cover both of those things. But we talk about a lot of other stuff as well. After we were done with uh, rehearsal for something that we're working on that I'll tell you about in a minute, we just sat down and continued uh, drinking delicious adult beverages and just talked about whatever came up, and it was fun and we enjoyed it. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. So that is this week's episode of the podcast. Now I'll tell you this, if if you have any sort of awareness of the rotation of things here at Needless Things, you know that this is this would be the Friday where we typically have a Needless commentary. Uh, but as I've mentioned many times over the last few months, scheduling has been really hairy for everybody. Uh, we've been shorthanded at work. Uh, Ryan Cadaver and Nicole are working on a movie and, uh, well, Arian's just cranky. And our pal Rad Ranger has all kinds of crazy work stuff going on. And I'm just kidding about Arian being cranky. He un- He's the unfortunate side effect uh, who has been pretty able to work around everybody else's dumb stuff. But everybody else's dumb stuff has kept us from doing pretty much anything. Uh, so that's a long-winded way of saying stay tuned. Needless commentaries will return on a regular basis next month in June. Uh, we already know what movie we're watching because we were supposed to be watching it this month, but we just haven't been able to get our shit together. Uh, it's It's been crazy, but now that the year's half over, maybe we can finally breathe. So, I mentioned that I was rehearsing with Mr. Bo Brown on a thing that we're doing. Uh, the other person that was there with us was Matt Nitchy. Now, Matt Nitchy and Bo Brown are the gentlemen behind the Sci-Fi Janitors. If you're not familiar with them, uh, you can look up Bob and Carl on YouTube. Uh, just Google Sci-Fi Janitors. You'll find lots of insanely hilarious, awesome, nerdy videos uh, involving these adorable little puppet guys, Bob and Carl. So, the Sci-Fi Janitors, uh, well known in the nerd community, particularly in the Dragon Con community, and the the opportunity to work with those guys was great. I talk about that when, when I'm talking to Bo. But what we're working on is a portion of something called Five-Fifths of the Princess Bride, which is happening at the Atlanta Fringe Festival on Monday, June the 3rd at 8 p.m. at the Seven Stages Theater. Uh, and, and what it is 
is five different groups of creator slash entertainer people are acting out, performing, interpreting the Princess Bride in some way. And we kind of lucked out and got the last fifth of the movie, and I will be portraying uh, Fezzik, the role made famous by the legendary Andre the Giant, and all of the other roles will be played, by, except I think I've got a couple of vocal things that are me, but all the rest of the roles will be played via puppets and some live-action tomfoolery uh, by Bo and by Matt. And Matt is, at, you know, Bo we know. Bo's our pal. He's been on the show tons of times. You've probably seen him perform. You've at least heard him talk. Uh, but Matt is a really busy actor, theater person. He works at the Shakespeare Tavern in Atlanta, which is a place that I have a great deal of respect for and is just tremendous. Uh, it's been very interesting collaborating creatively with on a completely different thing with completely different minds uh, from the game show folks that I'm used to working with. Uh, and, and we all are uh, look at things. Uh, we all have different perspectives. We all have different areas of expertise. Uh, and, and it's been just absolutely fascinating being part of that pre-existing unit and then coming in and, and seeing how everything works and contributing. It's just been amazing for me. Uh, and, and I need, you know, I need my creative outlets to keep myself sane. And this has really been doing the trick lately. So I'm very excited about this. Please come out. Uh, you can go to atlantafringe.org and find everything you need to know about the Fringe Festival. Uh, but this is Monday, June 3rd, 8 p.m., Seven Stages Theater. Tickets are available now from atlantafringe.org. And there is also a Facebook event. Uh, if you look up Atlanta Fringe uh, five-fifths Princess Bride, then you'll you'll find the event and you can come out and have fun. And there's going to be limited seating for this thing. And, you know, as it draws nearer, the more of those tickets are going to sell. Uh, this is a very a special focused thing, a one-time only type deal. So if you're interested in seeing the Sci-Fi Janitors and uh, Dave West act out uh, the last fifth of the Princess Bride, and you should be. Let me just tell you, you should be. Uh, then look into that. And that's that's what I've got going on right now. Aside from listening to the Major Wrestling Figures podcast, which, by the way, on NeedlessThingsPodcast.com this week, I put up uh, the list I had compiled of every WCW wrestler that has been released under Mattel's Elite banner. Uh, if that's something of interest to you, go check that out on, out on NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Uh, thanks to the Major Wrestling Figures Podcast, I am uh, I'm, I'm not as deep into wrestling figures as I could have been because uh, I, I am very easy to manipulate into wanting new toys, believe it or not. But I, I have sort of found a thing I'm going to do. And, and just listening to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins talk about wrestling toys, and uh, new and old, is very, very entertaining to me. Uh, and then the the last thing I've got to put over before we get to our actual episode, Momocon 2019 is right around the corner. Uh, it is May 23rd through the 26th in Atlanta at the uh, World Congress Center. I'm sorry, I'm trying to bring up my 
page here. I've got the guest list up right now. But, I mean, you guys know how it works. All you have to do is Google Momocon, and you will see everything that you need to know. Go on Facebook. They are, it is, it's oriented towards a younger crowd than, than Dragon Con for the most part. And they really take advantage of social media. If you get on Instagram, look for Momocon, follow them on Facebook. Uh, they're, they're on top of things. And just about every panel there has a Facebook event, so it's very easy to go and see what's going on. If you're, you know, if you're a big Facebook user, that's a great way to do it. But you can also go to Momocon.com and check out everything that's going on. Uh, one of the cool things they've got happening is A New World, Intimate Music from Final Fantasy. Uh, the producers of the live orchestra performance phenomenon Distant Worlds, music from Final Fantasy, are proud to present another breathtaking Final Fantasy music experience. A New World, Intimate Music from Final Fantasy, presents music selected from the entire Final Fantasy catalog, all, what, 15 games now? 16? I don't even know. Uh, in fresh arrangements for small ensembles, giving the audience a surprisingly personal encounter with the beloved themes, characters, and settings. With input from Arnie Roth, Nobuo Umatsu, and other performers and composers associated with the games, A New World joins Distant Worlds as the only Final Fantasy concert tours officially licensed by renowned developer Square Enix, or uh, Squeenix, as I've been calling them since they joined forces. Uh, featuring a new repertoire, merchandise will be available for purchase after the event. So... That's awesome. Uh, live music from video games is a very unique, interesting experience. And if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, which I would imagine, uh, say that five times fast, fan of Final Fantasy, uh, I, I would imagine if you're going to Momocon, you probably have at least heard of Final Fantasy. But hearing video game scores live is awesome, period. That's just, uh, I, it, it's something that maybe doesn't immediately sound like, oh, that's something I need to do. But it is. It really is. Because you usually hear them in the context of being active. You know, it's not like watching a movie. When you're playing a game, you're playing a game. And being able to sit back and enjoy that music in a different way is is really cool. Uh, so, okay, who else have we got? Uh, Asheru, American hip-hop artist, who you may know from providing the theme for the Boondocks. That song is badass. Uh, and you can check out, obviously, A-S-H-E-R-U. Go Google it right now. Hear the rest of his music. Before you meet him live at Momocon, he will only be there Friday, though. So uh, be ready to get out and check that out. Uh, let's see. Bit Brigade will be there. You know who Bit, Bit Brigade is. They cover video game songs, and they're awesome. And again, Google Bit Brigade if you don't know. But I find it hard to believe any of you don't know. Uh, let's see here, Brendan Fletcher, uh, who you know from uh, the Batgirl for DC. He's a tremendously talented comic creator. Um, just scrolling through, lots of cosplayers here. Uh, I'm not going to mention them because I don't know who they are, and I'm not going to act like I do. These, these are all like younger generation cosplayers that, uh, if, if you want to know who's going to be there, Momocon.com is the way to go. Uh, but just lots of video gaming guests, lots of uh, animation guests, uh, obviously tons of cosplayers, uh, YouTubers I haven't heard of. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Apparently the word is online broadcaster. So lots of online broadcasters. I'll be honest, and I told you guys this uh, last year when I covered Momocon, a lot of this stuff has no resonance for me. But... What I enjoy is the atmosphere. Everybody down there 
loves everything that they're into. There's so much enthusiasm. There's so much just love in the air. And they dance so much. These kids never stop dancing. And my own son, who's 11, uh, dances all the time. And I feel like maybe, maybe dancing is what's going to save this sorry world of ours. Could be. Uh, and, and, you know, going to Momo, oh, look, our pal Kyle Starks is going to be there. Holy cow. I need to contact him and see if I can finally uh, sit down and talk to him on the show. Holy cow. I'm going to shoot him a tweet because that's how he communicates. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tweet that guy as soon as I can. I talked to him at Heroes Con a few times, and I really want to sit down and interview him on the show. Uh, so I'm going to do that. And you know what, you guys? I think that's as much... Oh, no. Look, look, look. Our pal Michael Mosley, uh, costumer, professional wrestler, uh, who creates costumes for New Day for in the WWE. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. He's been on the show, and he'd have him back on the show. And he will be down there at Momocon all weekend long, which is fantastic. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Uh, as I look, Patrick Warburton's going to be down there too. Uh, this is wild. So there, there's a few things, a few people here I'm, I'm interested in seeing and I'm familiar with. But, you know, even if you look over this list of people, Steve Bloom, awesome. Even if you look over this list of people, and Suda51, uh, if you're from the GameCube era of Nintendo or if you're around for that, you know the name Suda51, uh, probably from Killer7, which was a weird, awesome game. Uh even if you look at this list and you're like, wow, I don't know how much is on there is of interest to me. Being in that environment for an afternoon, for a day, for however long you want to go down there is refreshing and invigorating and, and positive and hopeful. I just, there's no vibe like Momocon. And you guys know how much I love Dragon Con, and I do, and it'll, it'll always forever be my favorite convention. But there's something about Momocon that's a little different, it's a little special. Uh, and, and I, I can't wait. I'm so excited to get back down there and just be around these vital individuals. I'm like an old vampire who goes down there and just low key, uh, feeds off the energy of, of all these, uh, wonderful young people. And, and then I slink back to my hotel room and, uh, sleep early because I, I don't dance the way these people dance. Uh, so there you go. Momocon. It's going to be awesome. Momocon.com. Check out Facebook for all the events. Uh, it's great. I'm excited to be going back. And of course, Atlanta Fringe Festival. Uh, you're going to want to check that out, particularly on June the 3rd at Seven Stages Theater for five-fifths of The Princess Bride. I think that's as much putting over of things as I can reasonably do this week. And now it is time to sit down with our super good buddy, Mr. Bo Brown, and just talk about things and stuff, including a couple instances of me being sort of a dick. Uh, they're amusing, and they're not, like, overt, but... I just, every once in a while, I like to share that we're all just human and nobody's perfect, especially not me. So now here's some mystery men and then some Bo Brown. Brown.
Browntown? Brownton Abbey. Brownton Abbey. Brownton Abbey. So, I don't know entirely for sure what we're going to talk about. I'm sure at some point Masters of the Universe is going to come up. Because it's literally all around us. It is literally all around (laughs) us, including this beautiful dragon whose name I can't remember right now. Granamir. Granamir. Green Granamir. So that's the... Greenamir. Greenamir. This is the shit. Mini comics uh, Granamir. Who was a PowerCon exclusive last year or two years ago? Oh, way, like... Two or three years ago? Five years ago. Five? No, it wasn't five. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. But we're not going to start with that. No. What I want to start with, I've been saving... a couple of nuggets to share with you. Oh, in your in your back pocket. Uh, back pocket nuggets, yeah. just for you. Thank you. Uh, I stopped at Target on the way over here because that's part of my life as as an insane toy collector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to any any Target. Like if I'm if I'm going somewhere, I go into Ways and I put in where I'm going, and then I put in Target and I look to see how far off, like how many minutes it adds right. to my trip. Uh, so I stopped at a Target on the way over here, and when I, I parked, I got out of my car, and as I'm walking towards the Target, this lady, uh, who also just parked, got out of her car, uh, a very attractive young lady, walks out in front of me. And it's that awkward thing. Now, you're you're pretty tall, but you're not, not like... Not as tall as you. You're not yeah. Dave Big. Sure, you're... Yeah. I'm a big, tattooed dude, and I'm kind of conscious of my... Present. Yeah, you don't want to be following ladies around. Right, sure, yeah. but we're both walking into Target. So I can either just keep going with her in front of me, or I can do something like even more weird, like pretend I have business in some other area of the parking lot. So I just, I just follow her in. And I had driven from the house, which is not too far from here, but is just far enough that I really needed to pee. Going into Target, I'm like, I'm going to go into the restroom as soon as I get into Target. And follow. I, I am maintaining a distance, you know, fifteen feet, twenty feet, or more for Jesus, right? For Jesus, uh, I, I don't want her to be within arm's reach of my penis. I feel like that's an appropriate distance. Your arms or her arms? Uh, her arms. So that's less distance. Like, I would maybe be maybe like play it safe and my have a bigger reach. Maybe I should be able to lay you on the be ground. Like an Abraham Lincoln's arms distance. Yes. That's good. In a radius. That's good. That let's let's remember that cosplay is not consent. So an Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Abraham Lincoln's length between between you, you and a cosplayer and to, to be safe. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we we go walk into Target, and of course she goes straight to the restrooms. <laughs> I I can't. I, I I have to make a choice. I'm like I'm just gonna have to hold it until I get to Bose. Now. Was the yes. was the restaurant right one, next to customer service? Entrance. Yeah, it's right to the right. Was there a line at customer service? There, no, no, there was nothing. Because uh, I said you could have like ponied up to the line, being like, "Oh, this, I'm just coming to customer service." But if there's no line, then you would have awkwardly walked straight up to the front of customer service and been like, "I need no services. <laughs> I need you. some service. <laughs> I need I need to kill some time. Do you have any?" While well, while I generally hold a fairly high opinion of Target. This is not what I would consider to be one of your finer targets. Mm. So all that was at customer service was like cobwebs and maybe some boxes that needed to be broken down. Sure. So there was no legit business. A couple I of things that needed to get restocked. Yeah. yeah. No, there was nothing I could do there. So she veers to the right, goes to the restroom, and I'm like, all right, I'm in for another half hour probably. 
I'm just going to have to hang in there because I don't want to creep this lady out. You couldn't have gone into the other bathroom? Well, but you were still, going to the male. The but male? you don't understand. Being me, sure, I am conscious of my presence. Did they have? Did they have the little like? Well, it's the thing where there's there's literally like a rectangle in the wall that goes back to sure. the bathroom. But I mean, I know that the, the target that I go to, they have the like here buy some cheap crap area right outside the customer service and bathroom area, right when you walk in. And so you could have been like, oh, cheap crap I don't need. Let's take a look at that. Well, but then what am I doing? Waiting for her to walk out? And no, you, 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 she goes into oh, the bathroom. Oh, she goes in and then I go and in. And then once she's through the doors, well, you go and use the bathroom. You all went of this, all the way into the bathroom only to leave? All of this is easy to say in hindsight, Bo Brown. <laughs> well, you should have just called me and be like, Bo, <laughs> Bo I'm not the target. What do I do? What do I do? You and know I would have talked you through it. That, I would have been like little <laughs> Ant-Man on your shoulder. I would have talked you through it. It's and good. everything would have been fine. We could have faked a heart attack if you needed it. You know, like, <laughs> next time... <laughs> Next time I'll know. So anyway, next time just fake a heart attack. You're right, and that would have neutralized well, the weirdness honestly, of the situation. That's always the answer, though, isn't right. it? Fake a heart attack. Yeah, any of life's problems. You're a big dude. Yeah, that's the thing right. that happens to big dudes. Nobody would be surprised. Exactly. They're like that Turn, guy. You, eats. you thought that your bigness was your weakness, but it was my into your strength. Strength. That yeah, guy always fake a heart attack. That guy clearly eats a lot of Cheetos and pie. That's right. The heart attack that's is a pie heart attack. People look at me and are literally waiting for me to have a heart attack. Exactly. They're shocked when I don't. Exactly. So just give them what they want. They want to see you seize over. So anyway, I get into Target. I make my decision. Oh, God, the story isn't over? Oh, the story's not over. I got to my house. No. Okay. No. So, so you're in the Target. I head back to the toy section. She goes into the bathroom. She goes in. She's out of the story now. Thank goodness. Fortunately all for right. her and for all of the <laughs> listeners, she's out of the story now. Um, so I go to the toy section because that's where I'm going. And because every target gets stuff differently, I won't go into all that right now. But it's like it's like a snowflake. It really is like a snowflake. Not only will they have different products, but they'll all be organized differently in different right. areas. Uh, so Hasbro just re-released, or not re-released, just released retro Star Wars figures. They're reproductions of the original 1977 Kenner figures uh, just on modern cards. Good job, Reaction. Huh? Way to go, Reaction. Right. Well, and that's that's why we're, you know, I, I've talked about it on the show before. Why isn't Hasbro jumping on this retro figure trend? They started... Well, because it wasn't... Well, no, it, I mean, it was, it was Reaction. I mean, they... Well, Reaction did it with the Alien. That was the the first thing that right, kicked the off the yeah, three and three quarter inch. They did a bunch of other stuff. They did a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, so they're it's just been, stealing Super 7's idea. But it's been years. Well, they're... Well, Reaction's I mean, idea. Yeah. But anyway, right. Hasbro, why aren't you capitalizing on this? Now they are. They finally are. Yeah. Uh, and I got my set... Like, two weeks ago, because, of course, Target doesn't give a shit about street dates because they're Target. They're a big, huge franchise sure. chain. They don't care. Uh, so I, I found It'll we'll put it out when we put it out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a set is six figures. It's uh, Han, Leia, Luke, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and a Stormtrooper. Solid. Solid. Uh, I found my set, brought them home, and then on Facebook, uh, and I, I have all kinds of neuroses and issues and problems with Facebook, the way that it works, the way that people interact with you. I mean, you could have just finished the first half of that sentence. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, on Facebook, 
there is a gentleman who is bemoaning the fact that Target put these out before the street date. Because he, like a good upstanding citizen, went to Target on May the 12th, which is the street date, expecting to find a set of these figures. And Target was like, buddy, these things have been out for like a week. Right. And he, he had a, a series of Facebook rants. Not happy. If only there was a place where he could vent those frustrations. Bo, if only there was somebody on Facebook that he could pay attention to to let him know that Target was putting that shit out a week early. Right. Which would be me. So I saw this rant. And look, I have sympathy. I understand toy issues. I understand being upset about manufacturers and retailers. He made a plan. He was like, oh, they're coming out this date. I'm showing up. I got it on my schedule. I got some time. Sure. Yeah. But his old pal, Dave West, had posted a week before, eight days before, hey, I found these at Target. Mm -hmm. They're out. So, went into Target today. There's another set there. Now, I don't need a second set, Bo Brown. But I totally bought a second set just to spite this guy. (laughs) Went. Didn't pay attention. Didn't pay enough attention to me on Facebook. And later on, you bet your ass I'm going to put them up on Instagram and be like, set number two, bitches. So. (laughs) But in the end. Concerning your your nurseries with Facebook, do you think that you're part of the solution or part of the problem? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't, you know what, that's an interesting point because look, I try on Facebook, I try to only promote positivity. Positivity, yeah. Uh. There's a lot of hate. Every once in a while, if there's something... Like, if I watch a movie and I don't like it... That's fair. I try to couch it in terms of, I didn't like this because of this. Not... I never just say... I hate it. Right. I never just say, this sucks. Because that's lame. And I also also hate meh. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is an unintelligent well, it, response. Meh is like meh is like not even having the wherewithal to say that you don't like it, and then right. articulate why you don't like it. Right? It's, it's 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 more lazy than it sucks. And I understand that it's meant to be dismissive, but to me, that's just a lack of any kind of intellect whatsoever. Well, if, I mean, if all you have to say is meh, then just don't say anything. Well, then you didn't. You, yeah, you have no thoughts on the matter. Right, right. It, which is not, right. which is, by the way, not true. Because you have thoughts. You're just too lazy to type them out. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I try uh, to, to promote things on Facebook. I try to be positive. I put stuff up like, hey, everybody, those, those Star Wars retro figures are out at Target now. You should probably go to Target. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not there to be a, a problem. I try to think about, is this, and this, I'm putting way too much thought into fucking Facebook, but I try to think, how is this post going to affect other people? Is this going to make somebody feel shitty? Because if I post something like, I think Dirty Dancing is a piece of shit, somebody that loves Dirty Dancing is going to see that and be like, oh. Right. Like if they have any regard for my opinion whatsoever. Well, yeah, and, and those might not be the people who are going to come back and be like, no, fuck you, Dirty Dance is the greatest movie of all time. They're just going to see it. And just feel bad. And that's the thing is you don't, you don't, you don't, when you, when you say things on Facebook, you don't think as much about the people who only just see it and don't say anything. Right. Right. You know, you haven't, you don't have an idea really of, 
of the people that are just like bearing witness to things that you're saying that might be like, oh, fuck you, man, right. that sucks. But I, but but don't want to like. I see things that 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 I don't think that I don't like that people say on Facebook all the time. And you just move along. I don't say anything about right. it. That's the other thing that drives me crazy. You know? Is when you post something and some person that your Facebook air quotes friends with. That you never hear from, they never like, they never comment, they never do anything. Mm-hmm. The I only time you hear from them, yes, exactly. The only time you hear from them is when you say something and they're like, well, actually, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know what, buddy? Fuck you. I tend to block those people. Yeah. Because what's the point of that? So I, I don't engage a lot. I use I use social media very much in my professional life. You as are very responsible with it. I am. I use it as a means to distribute information. Right, right. That is my 90% of what I do on Facebook is here's this thing. I'm, I'm the, well, I'm, and I'm the stereotype. I'm the promoter guy. I'm right. the guy who only, you know, like, I don't get personal because I, I don't, I, I, I like to have personal things with people in the same room as me. Yes. Um, and not, you know, like just putting my, you know, not the, not, some people find that, that social media is a great way of getting therapy and, you know, reaching out to people and, and sharing their grievances or whatever. It's just not for me. Right. Um, so it's very rare for me to express opinions. I deal in facts on Facebook. I right. deal in... Right, right, right. This is a thing that's happening. This is what it is. I don't give a lot of opinions about how I feel about things on yeah. Facebook. Um, and and so uh, it's very rare. And, and being part of the, he- the He-Man fan community is very difficult. <laughs> Because they're a very vocal fan community. Oh and, boy! You know, I I hate to say it, but you know, not that they're on the scale of the Star Wars fans and what the Star Wars fans have kind of become in in some ways online. But like, it's an uh, it can be a really ugly place. Um, you know, specifically since the new Shira show has come out, it's really showed its ass a lot. You know? Yeah, I bet. Uh, and, and, I bet. And and I and that is my fandom, and that is the thing. Those are the things that I'm excited about. And so I, I've shared, and I've talked about Snake Mountain, and the stuff. And just like you said, like this guy responds and is like, "Well, that's not like da da da." And like he he named some guy. It's like, well, I guess ha ha ha. I guess Pat something something would have loved that. And I was no idea what this guy's talking about. Yeah, and that's like that's the other thing. And it was just me saying. I'm gonna buy the because it was it was it was a I think Super Seven had made a post about the castle, and I went in there and I said I've got mine. I think it's gonna be the crown jewel of the classics collection. This is our modern ultimate battleground. Right. Ultimate right, battleground right, right, right. is is the holy grail of playsets of classic of, of vintage vintage Motu. That's the that's the attorney of exactly the with the uh, yeah train the attorney of battleground yeah yeah and uh, and. And I was like, this is it for us. Like, this is yeah. as big as it's going to get. Right, right, right. All of you are complaining about how big it is and how expensive it is. Well, guess what? It's not going to get bigger than this. So if we ever did a turnia, like, it, it's... And that's the thing is, like... This is it, you know? With the thoughts I've expressed about Snake Mountain, and, and I, I did a whole post about it, about my concerns and about my hopes and about everything, but I, I do want to make it clear, I have no problem with it. As far as I'm concerned, like... It's going to be worth that Right, money. but the people who are responding to this are like, it sucks, it's ridiculous, Super 7 doesn't know what they're doing, Super 7 sucks, I'm like... That's... You know? 
The, the only Super 7 doesn't know what they're doing concern should be if they're going to be able to ship it safely. As far as well, the execution of I think thing, the fact that they're shipping it like furniture and that you're paying that $150 and then it sucks, but like they're talking about the way that we're packing this, we're having to pack it like furniture. Well, and that's the thing. Would you yeah. rather pay $150 for shipping and have it arrive intact, or would you rather pay $100 for shipping and have it fucking UPS or DL, DSL or whatever... Right. And have them kick it, you know. If, right. Yeah. No, you don't want that. If, if you're going to pay $600 for the thing, right. pay the 150 to have it shipped correctly. I have no issue with the price other than I just don't know that. And I, and I think that. that, and I think that it's, that it's so great that the sale barge worked the shipping into the price ahead of time. So there wasn't that, because what happened with, with St. Mountain was it's going to be $600. Beat. And. Beat. And $150 shipping, right. everyone, you know, everyone went, oh, right. you know, whereas the sale barge came out and said, 500. This is 500 bucks, and this is what it is to get it on right. us. And, you know, and they'll, but, and, you know, people, people are just going to bitch and moan about everything, which, which sucks that it creates so much negativity. Um, but that's anything. And that's why I don't interact as yeah. much because like, even when I went in there to say something positive, I think this is great. I've got it. I think this is going to be awesome. And you didn't say, and if you don't agree, you're right, dumb. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, just it was said my the, personal. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and so that makes you not even want to say anything positive. Right. Which is horrible. And, and well, and that's the thing is like, I, I don't mind conversations with people where we hash things out and we figure out, oh, you have this concern. Oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, but think about if they do this and this, then maybe that concern isn't as much to worry about. Like, right. there's a difference between rational human-to-human conversation and typing things on the internet. Well, and, and that's the people the and the people who like you accidentally misspell a word. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, here's your word misspelled. Emoji, emoji, laugh, laugh, laugh. You're an idiot." Like, that's what you decided to do with your time, right? So let's talk about this. You are wearing. A slime pit shirt. I know. And you brought to the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group's attention an interview with Scott Knightlick, which, by the way, I recommend uh, everyone go to the source and not go to the heman.org link because heman.org has this refreshing ad in the corner that makes the whole screen go up and down constantly. Uh, But anyway, interview with Scott Mm -hmm. Knightlick. And I remembered it's Scott and not Matt. The fuck is that Matt thing? I don't know where that's coming from. Matt, the guy that we were hanging out with earlier. Well, but I don't think that's it. I think there's <laughs> another issue there. But anyway, Scott and I like, uh, mentioned that it was going to be Castle Grayskull, then a slime pit, then Snake Mountain. No, I think if, it was, that is, the slime pit was after like, Snake Mountain, I thought it was. No, no, no. He oh, said, yeah. he said oh, yeah. in his if he had stuck around oh, yeah, and if yeah, Mattel had it. kept going, right. Slime Pit was the next step after Grayskull. That's the next logical thing. So oh, it really that, is. That, that, that means... There's work on it. Exactly. At least sketch because, because what Brian what Brian Flynn said about Snake Mountain was that, you know, that the Four Horsemen and... and, and and you know, Nate Barch had done work on Snake Mountain back at Mattel. Well, we saw. I mean, we years Mattel, ago. Mattel yeah, years showed ago. us the prototype. exactly. So, so if they had already done that work, then there's probably some initial design work on the slime. There's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be. And you know, and you, you, when you think about the Four Horsemen as 
They've absolute fans. They've of, of, probably of built a mock-up at least. They've they've definitely kicked the idea around. They they you know it, it's not like oh how would you do snake bump oh that's something I haven't thought of right of course they've thought yeah, yeah, yeah. of how they would no, do it I I yeah. would bet money there is a at least like foam or clay mock up of the slime pit in the four horsemen's headquarters because that it, it's it it is the most iconic m- mini playset. Because it's not, I it's would, not Castle Grayskull. I would say yeah. after Castle Grayskull, it's the most iconic non-figure item of Masters of the Universe. Hmm. Everybody would, knows what a slime pit is. Everybody. I'm trying to think if there's a vehicle. I don't think so. No, I think you're right. It's it's the like, it's actually smart of them to do Snake Mountain first because slime pit will be. It's an easy. It's stuff. an. It's well, and also it'll be smaller. It's a. It's be... a finish. Mm, yeah. It's a. This is it. This is the one you've all been waiting for. Yeah. Even the most casual of fans knows the slime pit. Right. Everybody knows it. There's slime across every fucking toy line of the eighties. Oh yeah. Ghostbusters, He Man, everything. Everything had slime. Mm-hmm. Ninja so, Turtles. Ninja Turtles. It was based around ooze. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I have no doubt um, whether or not Snake Mountain goes through, which I think the last thing I saw was at 35%. 35%. That was like a week ago, though. So we'll oh, was see. it? Yeah. We'll see. Um, the I, question is, is, is that taking in, like, the Big Bad Toy Orders? You know, Big Bad... Right, you know, because, well, that that's stuff. what happened with the yeah. sale barge, is the sale barge sat at, like, 60% for a long time, and then the retailers came in, and that... Shot it over the top. Yeah. So, probably the same. Like, I can't imagine... Because, look, if you have if you have the capital to stock up on Snake Mountains, you're going to make a it's fucking a better investment. fortune. It's a better investment than the castle. Yes. And people are selling the castle for $800. Right. So, if you're a big bad toy store, if you're Entertainment Earth... Um, if you're but, George... but, you're, but, that, but that $150 shipping, though, is a, is a big bite. Because well, here's the thing. Those guys aren't going to be paying that, but they are because you can't buy them in bulk. No, see, if you're if uh, you're I mean, one you of the, on a, a truck, yeah. if you're one of the big retailers, if yeah, you're Big Bad Toy yeah. Store, if you're Entertainment Earth, you say, "Hey, we're going to send a semi to pick up twenty of those things." Right. You, I mean, that's, that's true. yeah, yeah. So that's that's and that's and the shit. Thing. It probably won't be twenty. It'll probably be fifty. Right. Well, and that's and that's the downside for for collectors to resell it is that like that hundred fifty dollars is you know that could be your up right that that could just eat all of your profit up of resell. Like, well, and if you go to you Big know. Bad, I think Big Bad is taking pre-orders for eight hundred. Yeah. Um, but that's international, I believe. Well, they're they're about to announce. Uh, I think they announced today that they're doing. Yeah, Canada and it's through some other website. Yeah, but they they but announced they are Spain, Canada, other than Germany. Um, before it was like right, right, and Germany because he man and um. But anyway, let's let's move on because there are other facets sure. well, I to had, our I conversation. Steered the conversation. No, that's fine. That's fine because we were we were going to talk about Snake Mountain. It's it's the seven hundred and fifty dollar elephant in the room, <laughs> right? Uh, so anyway, I bu- I bought it. I bought a whole set of toys just out of spite. You did. The other story I wanted to share with you. Uh, I've gotten huge into the uh, 
major wrestling figure podcast, which is not going to be your cup of tea. But these guys love toys, and the and as much as I'm not like a huge professional wrestling fan, I am very aware how much of the larger Masters of the Universe fandom sure is also professional wrestling fans. Well, there was a whole line of toys um, based on the AWA uh, wrestling federation that were basically He-Man, except they had wrestler heads on them. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, major wrestling figure podcast. I've been really enjoying it. It's two guys that are actually professional wrestlers for WWE, but they talk about the toys they collected when they were kids. They still collect as adults. And there was a hilarious conversation about fig baths. If you are someone that collects vintage toys or you buy from garage sales or you anything that you want to buy, like if you decided, you know what, I'd really like to have all the vintage Masters of the Universe sure. figures... However you got them, you'd probably end up needing to clean them up. Uh, our pal Sean Reed, Red Ranger, yeah. uh, he collects the vintage Masters of the Universe, and he has to clean them up mm-hmm. pretty frequently. So they're talking about giving their figures the, the old fig bath, right. uh, which in their case, they're talking about the uh, Hasbro's WWF figures and LJN's, the big rubber wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't collect them, you've seen them, you remember them. Okay. Uh, they're talking about when you get them, they're dirty. You got to give them a little fig bath. Sure. So you, uh, one of the hosts, Kurt Spot Hawkins, it. yeah, Spot it. Uh, Kurt Hawkins mm-hmm. is like, you take them in the sink, you get a little, you know, liquid soap or whatever, and you wash them up. And uh, he's like, that's what normal people do. <laughs> Zach, on the other hand, he's like, whoa, wait a minute. The other, the other host is like, I don't think it's that crazy. Apparently, Zach Ryder, the other host, literally takes them into the shower with him during his normal showering. <laughs> That's a strong choice. <laughs> bathing, That's a, like cleaning his fingers up naked in the shower. Like, does he have like a shelf that he's like? How does he wash himself? Well, these guys, these guys make figures. good money. So I imagine he's that he nice does have a pretty shower. nice stand-up shower sure. with spots to put. That. And to a certain extent, if I had a nice stand-up shower with shelf, like I can see that. But at the same time, grown 30-something-year-old dude, because they're about 10 years younger than us, in the shower, cleaning up his wrestling sure. toys. <laughs> I, you know, but I can see, you know, like, think about the the sink um, baby bath. When your kid is, sure. like, a tiny, like, the little baby. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Giving your kid, like, you can totally clean figures in that thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It sits on the sink. It doesn't get in the sink with, like, the food... Right, or, right, right. Yeah, because you don't want you know? strange. You don't I want mean, stranger. If, if you could, if you are comfortable bathing your your child, newborn child in it, yeah, like you, you know, you could feel comfortable bathing your dirty action figures in it, or just take them in the shower, or just take them in the shower for a little fig bath. And and my favorite part of this whole shower story, beer, shower, shower fig beer, bath. fig bath. There you go. Get it all knocked out. Yeah. You got to multitask in these this day and age. Uh, but my favorite part of this whole interaction is they actually released a shirt. Of the two hosts in a big giant bathtub holding wrestling figures. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So I love, yeah, I love the fig bath. I'm a big fan of that. And then, you know, I'm, I'm hope I am. I have a plan in place to get them on the show. It probably will oh, not happen. That would be great. But it would be great. Uh, I would worry. Like I mean, obviously, some stuff has like you know old ladies, you know, 
stuff that would have stickers on it or well you know and what do you you know they've actually addressed that is that if figures have like mechanisms inside right. can't do that like a lot of masters figures yeah. you wouldn't be able to do that well any of them really because they all have the waste and I would, yeah I would be worried about the rubber and the you know that and, that, I mean, that, that rubber's see, already last this long for those guys for those guys you gotta very carefully just dab a little either goo gone a little liquid soap mm-hmm. just do a little scrub. All right. That's all you can do. Yeah. You can't just put them under the faucet. No. You gotta be careful. So, how much can we talk about while we're here tonight at all, or we need to keep that under wraps? Oh, no, no. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, as okay. you wish. As you wish. <laughs> yeah. So, you sent me a message a month, six weeks ago, something like that, and asked if I would be interested in playing the role of Fezzik in The Princess Bride. Fezzik, played by Andre the Giant, uh, one of the greatest professional wrestling re- uh, legends of all time. Uh, if I would be interested in playing a gigantic human Fezzik yeah. amidst... A bunch of little puppets. A bunch of little puppets. <laughs> of all the other characters. Acting out... Uh, did we know at the time? Did we you knew, know? We knew that we would have a section of the Princess Bride. We didn't know which we section. Know which section. Okay, okay, because that—that's what I was thinking. Is we weren't sure what we had at that yeah. point. And I mean, one, the opportunity to work with how how public is our third man? It's very. I mean, it's is happening he, in two weeks. Like, the, well, no, no, no. But there's I mean, a Facebook he, event for it. Does he? Does he talk about like being one of the janitors and? All oh that? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't no, sure because no. you don't see him pop up a lot. So Matt, uh, Matt's he, a very busy guy. Right, he doesn't right. Like to put himself out there unless he's on well, the he, stage. He hasn't even accepted my Facebook friend request yet. He's so on I, Facebook. It, right. He's well, he is, it. but he doesn't do anything Dude, clearly. It, 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 his page, his, his, his. His last post was like 2015 yeah, or he something. Exists, yeah, um, yeah, and that's about it. Um. So He's not an active presence. One, the opportunity to work well with you, who we you know we've we've done a lot of fun stuff together, but we've never performed together really. Not not together where we like worked on it together. You've asked me to perform at a thing you were doing. Right, right. I've asked you to come perform right. at a thing. Come I'm and do doing. the game show There's stuff. Nothing that we had to like put together. Right, right together right. to or create. Develop we've it. never created together. Exactly. Um, so the opportunity to work with you was awesome. The opportunity to work with the guys behind the sci-fi janitors, holy shit. Like, yes. And you were the third person we brought in. And it was, it was Matt and Bo and, you know, and we've been working together. I mean, we went to high school together. We've right, Matt and I have right. been working Your together. Your whole lives, basically. More of our lives than we haven't. Right, right. And, and so, you know, and I thought about, well, it can't just be me and Matt. We need, we need, we need another person. Um, and, and I was like, well, there's this wrestling aspect to this and having somebody who like loves movies and, you know, like, cause that's what it is. I mean, the whole event is a love letter to a movie. Right. Cause it's for the Atlanta film festival. Correct. Uh, it's Monday, June 3rd. I think it's the third. That sounds good. It's called five. It's fits. the first, it's the first Monday of June. There you go. Uh, it's called five fifths. Uh, and so they, Took the the Princess Bride movie and script, broke it into five sections and distributed them amongst five groups, and we got the last section, which is crazy because it's awesome. awesome. Um, and and I think that a lot of this developed out of my uh, dear friend Brittany. Uh, 
Brittany Harper, who's now married. I don't remember if her, her last name changed. But I used to work with her at the center. Okay. And she is one of the main, main organizers of the Fringe. And so when I got the email, I was like, Brittany said they should call Bo. That's, that, was, that was what I. What That's I was where like. this came from. It was like, oh, you want to you want to do this crazy thing? Bo would bring some weird puppets to it. He'd be really, you know, not just like an acting troupe. He would right. He would right. Bring, he would he would go in a puppety weird puppet slimy direction, which is what we've done. You know. Um, well, and I would imagine the point of this. Is to present five different, very different forms of entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're bringing this sort of like puppetry, very uh, you know low tech, um, rough theater, gaggy, goofy, you know, kind of take on it. Um, you know, there's going to be interpretive dance groups. There's going to be groups that are going to take the script and like dissect it down and like really theater the shit out of it. Right, right. You know, um and and that's not what we're doing. And then know. we get to come in. Exactly. And then we're gonna come in and do. be and do our weird little thing with our cardboard and our balloons and you know and we'll do our best. Well we it it will be awesome. What it, like I feel good about our what yeah. Our enthusiasm and our on the same pagedness uh is is gonna be great. And the the sheer fact that M- Matt has some, I mean, I would even say issues. Honestly, with, like, I mean, he he's he. If anything, he's too close to the source material. <laughs> if uh, if you and I, for whatever reason, pass out before the show, he can do the entire show. He'll be good to go. He could do the entire movie from beginning to end by memory. Yeah, if nobody else himself. shows up. He can do the whole thing as well. Nobody else shows up. He'll yeah. be fine. I feel pretty confident saying that. So, yeah, we were tonight. This was our second meeting trying to figure out what we're going to do. Well, Matt and I have met without you. Well, yeah, just yeah. Because he was available and you weren't. Yeah. So I, and I wanted. Which, which probably happens a lot. Well, no, no, it doesn't. Um, but it's good for me because um, having him here Keep makes me right. responsible for that time and makes me Focus. sit down and work and, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, because it, it's it's hard a lot of times when you've got uh, a project or a creative thing you know you want to do or like, hey, I'd really like to get on this. It's hard to focus your energies. There's so many... Well, and this is a collaborative thing, and there's like there are times when I'm good about getting into the zone building-y. Right, like, right. if I have a building contract where it's very much like... Here's the design I have, and I have to like physically build this thing that works. That's very different from the process that we've had, which is a lot of talking it out, throwing ideas around, brainstorming, um, getting it on its feet, and and finding things in the moment. That's really hard to do alone. Um, yeah, and, and 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 I'm not good at that. I'm not good at the blank page by myself. The other issue that as I get older becomes more of an issue is how fast time goes by. Oh, yeah. Because I... Two hours? That's nothing. We're halfway through May. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did that happen? Well, when we only meet, you know, like, once every two weeks, 
you know, leading up to this, that's no time at all. And that's what, as you get older and you have a family and you have responsibilities mm-hmm. and you have, you got to do like, there's, there's no, like for me anyway, there's no, okay, every Wednesday night at eight, we'll get together. Right. Like that's no, there is nothing that I could give that to. That's why I don't play D&D anymore. Oh my gosh. Ugh. I wish. Ugh. So, we're, we're working on this. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited. We really, I feel like tonight, like the, the, the first night we got together, all three of us, I felt like we really figured out what we wanted to do. But tonight, I honestly feel like if, if magically all of our props, like, were built, like right now, I think we could do it. Yeah. I think we could too. And, and, you know, if there's anything I've learned from doing all the 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 sci-fi janitors puppet slams at DragonCon is that I can build stuff and prepare stuff and and do all of that, but at the but when it's go time, let Matt drive. Yeah. Be there, be responsive, be in the moment, and let Matt drive, and it'll be great. Very nice. You know. See, that's in doing. Uh, in doing the game show, I... You were driving. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what it was. And it was a matter of, I have expectations. I've told everybody what they need to do. And if anything doesn't work, if anything doesn't happen at the right time, if whatever, then we'll figure it out and we'll keep going. You, you can't, I can't, I've never, I, I prepare, I think about things, but I, I never sweat anything because I feel like once you're up there you can't think too much you have to know what you're doing but you just gotta do it you just oh, get yeah. you gotta do it but you've also got to be ready for the door to fall off the stage or oh, for yeah. the thing like whatever it is you've just got to know you've got to be in the moment that's well, that's that, what it that's, is and that's Matt's job and Matt's on the stage of the Atlanta Shakespeare Tavern every day and has done that Basically, since he got out of college, you know, he has, you know, we're on stage in front of people, but not like that. No, no, not at all. You know, and and so when you're, when you're sharing the stage with him, all of this stuff that we're doing right now, you know, we're, we're putting it together, we're making it happen and, and all that kind of stuff. But I know Matt well enough to know that if defer to his instinct sure in the moment because he's right you know well and that's already just in these two nights there have been a couple instances where we've kind of been trying to hash something out or trying to figure out where the funny moment was mm-hmm. or where whatever it was and generally he well and, and sometimes I disagree with his instincts but when we're on stage like he, yeah, and he, he knows. He, like when we're talking and hashing these things, these things out here, he he knows what the audience is going to like for the most part. Although I will say he is a little close to the subject matter on this one. <laughs> so uh, there are some moments when I'm like, you know, he was like, we have to knock the fruit bowl off twice because it happened. And I was like, I'm not making two fruit bowls, and we're not knocking them off twice in this fight. I know, I know when to be like, you're too close to the source material. The fruit bowl isn't important. Well, <laughs> and he really. Um, he really wanted to do the dagger so bad. And he can. And you know what? And that's the thing is my initial thinking yeah. was, I no, don't it has see to be like this. how yeah. it's... Right. And then... 
It and totally I stood over here and watched it. It totally worked. And it was fine. Yeah. You know, he was right. Um, and that, that's the other funny thing about putting stuff like this together is so often you might think like, this just isn't going to work. I don't see how this is going to work. And then your partner, your creative team partner, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, will be like, well, here, let's let's test it. Let's do it. Oh, let's yeah, run through it. Whatever. Especially with puppets, because puppets is, is just visual. I mean, so, right. so much of what we're doing is visual gags. You have to see them to know if they work. I mean, right. I can sit there and see them in my head all day, but... How they know. work in reality... Is often I was like, like, oh, he's, oh, he's a potato, he's a potato sack with a balloon for a head. Like, right? Oh, it'll be brilliant. Eh, I don't know that yet. But and that's the thing. Until last time, because we figured that out last time. Until we had that blue mm-hmm. thing, and I started moving it around. We didn't really know that that would work visually. Right. It just it seemed good. And well, and that's the other thing is when you're working with other people. You know how you would do this certain thing, but you can't do everything. No. And when somebody else is doing the thing, that's when you see how well it works or how maybe they do something a little differently than how you do it. And you're like, oh shit, well, if they're doing that, right. that works better for them. Right. There's a lot and there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, where Matt's just like, and then you say this and then I say this. And I'm like, well, you just need to do both of those voices. Right, right, right. That should just be you. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah. you just did it. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that's funny is he'll, he'll start going off and you're like, oh, yeah, he should just do all of that. You should just do all of that. <laughs> Which is great because this this whole time, and, and to a certain extent, I do still feel this way. And I'm, I'm okay with it because when you originally pitched this to me, my my first in, my first thought was, I'm going to be a prop. Cool. I'm good with that. And I know that wasn't your intent, but going with Fezzik at the end, or going with Fezzik, I'm basically just standing there and delivering Andre the Giant's lines. And I love that it's ended up being more than that. Oh, yeah. But I that's mean, I thought, how... I, I looked at that as, you know, and 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 breaking it down within our piece was it was like, okay, Matt's Wesley, I'm an ego, and you're Fezzik. Like, right. I mean, like... It broke down between the three of us very Perfectly. sort of simply. Well, yeah. and specifically once we got, once we realized we were right. that okay, last we can, yeah, part we can of the movie. Like these, we can be these people. It, it but really then, did. But then, you know, it, but it's also getting three people in the room having ideas. And and that's the thing is yeah. that it turned. No, uh, and, 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 you know, it was never going to be. No, no, and I didn't think it was. Script, but, you know. That was, I, I, it had that feeling, you know, when you get a project in school, oh, sure. you have to pick two people to work with. Right. There's always that one kid who's just kind of like, I'm just here. Mm. Right. And like, I kind of was like, there's a good chance I'm just going to be that kid on this. But yeah. as long as I get in there and can deliver my Andre lines, I'll, I'll be okay with it. But it's turned out to be oh, no. so no. much. It was, it, no, I definitely wanted this to be a like, all right, guys, what's funny? Right. Like... <laughs> You know, and well, we, I, we have figured out what's funny. I agree. I agree. We definitely have. Well, and you, 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 you are a consumer of pop culture and are good at articulating what is, what is great about it. And so to, to take something as popular as the princess bride, which is, you know, in our vernacular, I mean, it's people, people still quote it, you know, um, to, to have, to be able to 
absorb that pop culture and then be like, what are the the key parts? What are the parts of this that matter? What's going to make people yeah. pop? Exactly. And that, well, and that's the thing is, it, it, again, it kind of comes back to wrestling in knowing what's going to make that live crowd pop. What's mm-hmm. going to make that live crowd? What's gonna, does it really matter if we do this thing? Not really. Right. As long as we do this and they recognize it, we've we've got them. Yeah. So that that's and that's just come from you know I I I would love if I had had more experience getting in from in front of people and doing things, but uh, just just in what I've done, I I do feel like I I can sort of recognize. Uh, I get what live audiences want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think. Well, that's and that's why I brought the three of us together. Was we both, we all three of us from our different backgrounds come from performing backgrounds. Yeah, we are we are people who get up in front of people. Yeah, we, you know, and whether it's every day like Matt, or whether it's uh, you know more like you and me, who we do more work behind the scenes, uh, and then we also get up and and do some stuff, but are sort of organizers slash. Front men, yeah, you know, and then a lot of the stuff that we well, do. we all have different perspectives, right? On and and it works for this because this isn't this isn't specifically a puppet slam. No, it's it's uh, while it is kind of a niche audience, we'll probably be performing for. Excuse me, it is a little broader than there just that. people. Yeah, and that's French French theater people, right? So they're used to things that are weird. Yes. So we got that going for us. <laughs> and everybody, well, here's the thing. Yes, everybody knows Princess Bride. But everybody who shows up for the Princess Bride thing at the Atlanta Film Festival right. for sure knows Princess Bride. Yeah. So we're 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 much like doing the game show at Dragon Con where we stick to to nerd stuff and pop culture because we know we've got that audience. Like we have an advantage here. Uh, but also, we we have to, and this is one thing we ran into with that first meeting, we do have to treat the material with a certain amount of respect. Absolutely. Because we're playing to fans. It's not just a bunch of people that wandered into a ballroom. It is people who are specifically there with some knowledge of what we're doing. Right. So we have to, because some of the ideas we came up with the first time... We, we hashed out and we realized, like, oh, this isn't great. Yeah, this isn't. We, we need to go in a different direction because it's not, uh, not, not necessarily that it wasn't respectful of the material, but it wasn't honoring the material. Right. And that's, I think, what we've come up with is. Yeah. Very make much the so. beats, be true to them, make them, you know, clever and funny, but don't change them up too much. You know, and I think that the one place that we did decide to sort of go off script... Yes, was very appropriate, and and I think that you know we made and, an excellent choice. Well, and that's the, the thing time to to go off book. It, it, it's as it were. it's one of those magical opportunities where you can be <laughs> hilariously funny, right. but also really uh, honor the material and kind of even raise it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if, if the listeners want to know what we're talking about there, you're going to have to show up for the show. That's right. First, see, see when where we go off book. Where yes. we go off script. Yes. Uh, first Monday in June, Atlanta Film Festival, I'm sure if you... Fringe Festival. Fringe Festival. Yes. Atlanta Fringe Festival. I keep saying Film Festival. 
Uh, I don't do that anymore. Oh, that, that ended poorly. Atlanta Fringe Festival, which honestly sounds cooler to me. Oh yeah, I like Fringe. Macho Man Randy Savage, Fringe, big fan of Fringe. He liked the Fringe. He did. All right, what else have we got? Uh, let's see. Um, top secret Dragon Con stuff. Um, I don't think we can talk about any top secret Dragon Con stuff. I will say this yeah, here: yeah. I'll I'll lead. And maybe you'll have a couple of things that you can like, just uh, thoughts sure. about the upcoming Dragon Con. Um, so this year, there's uh, no game show. No. No game show. Uh, Oz and I are taking some time off. We're going to figure out what we're going to do for next year. The game, big damn game show is not gone, uh, but other things have come up. Uh, one of those things being... Gosh, can I even announce this yet? I think I can announce this because it's done. Uh, if you are interested, here's what I'll say. If you are interested in seeing Troublemaker, the documentary that the Emmy Award winning Jason Wilson shot about me uh, in the year, le- or year plus leading up to Dragon Con 2017. Uh, starting, actually, with the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show. That was the first night we shot. That was a good time. Uh, So, from October of 2016 up through September of 2017, Jason Wilson followed me around with a camera, uh, put together a documentary film about all the weird shit I do. Uh, And it's called Troublemaker, and you can go and Google Troublemaker Movie uh, Duck's Paw Productions. If you're interested in seeing that movie, you will have the opportunity at DragonCon. Very nice. I can't announce details yet because we don't have details yet, but it is... And the schedule isn't official until Dragon Con happens. The schedule isn't official until Dragon Con's over. That's true. <laughs> uh, but but more details on that will be coming. But yes, Troublemaker uh, will be having its big premiere, big debut appropriately at Dragon Con. That's so excellent. That's, uh, because of that, and because... Did you say what track that would be in? Uh, of course, it will be the Sci-Fi Classics track uh, presenting that, because that, that is my home, as much as I love the horror track, as much as I love the puppetry track, and as much as I want to work with everybody as much as I can, uh, Sci-Fi Classics track was the first place where I got my foot in the door, and they're the guys who supported everything. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are, are more panels coming from Needless Things this year as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. I can't wait to show this to people. It's, I cry every time I watch it. Uh, uh, it's, it's how, how, if I wanted to watch it right now, if I was a listener, how could I do so? You can't. No, it has not been officially released yet. However, once we're done recording, I might be able to bring it up just for Mr. Bo Brown. We can see. We can see. Uh, so. Uh, that's happening, but this year at Dragon Con, uh, I'm, I don't think DCW is going to be part of my plans. Mm. Uh, Are they still doing Thursday or? They're still doing Thursday, uh, but last year I bailed on that and it was a good decision. Mm. So in, anything that gets, basically, anything that the horror track, I, I have panels on the sci-fi classics track. Anything that the horror track or the puppetry track throw my way, I'm there for. I think I'd probably have... S- Something for you. Any, anything I'm there for. But 
Uh, other than that, I, I'm going to kind of just have an old-fashioned Dragon Con. Oh, what's and, that like? And party. I know. <laughs> I wish. I know. Well, I that's know. the thing. Is like, I'm excited about that, but at the same time, not having that game show prep is... There's a, there's a hollow spot in my soul right now. Well, see, this, this year is a non-national public slam year. So you... It's almost like a a fun time for you. Right. Every two years we do the National Public Slam during Dragon Con and it's it's like doing another third of Dragon Con. I don't know I don't know how you fucking do it. I don't know I don't know how you handle a regular year at Dragon Con. Let alone well, I'll tell you why. It's because that I have Elizabeths and Whitney's and Katie's in my life. Right, 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 right. And I have an, I have literally an army of incredibly strong and talented women behind me that basically just sort of like hold my corpse up and <laughs> and and, I, and parade it through the ordeal that is Dragon Con. I have to address something that I feel horrible about. And I'm going to do it here live on the show even though it makes me look really really bad. Uh, because it's something that was from last year. It's something that I've been meaning to to ask you about since it happened. Uh, and I'm going to do it right now. Because I, I everybody is a jackass or a dickhead. Or is in some way um, not as on top of everything as they should be from time to time. Oh, sure. And I want everybody to know that it happens to all of us. Uh, last year at the... Uh, one of the puppet track puppetry track events. Uh, a young lady came up to me and said, uh, "Hey, it's, you know, it made very nice conversation. It was great seeing you." And I made a, a horrible mistake, but it was it was genuine. But I said, "It was so nice meeting you." Mm. It was never. Ever, listeners, never say it was so nice meeting you. Say it was so nice talking to you. Right. It was so nice seeing you. Nice it was you. great hanging out. Never say it was nice meeting you because she knew me. Had had met you many times. Many times. Yeah. And I'm, I already am not great with faces. Uh, and if I haven't sat down and... Had a like big conversation, really. If if I haven't had some sort of more intimate than just hey, it's nice to meet you. I'll you're doing this. I'm doing this. Cool, awesome. I'm fucking terrible with faces. Mm-hmm. I just am. And I uh, and she said to her credit, she said I'm so and so. I've known you for like two years. You've been doing stuff for the puppetry track, like with something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I felt like such a piece of uh, shit. Um, and she, uh, younger girl, had her septum pierced. That's Kira. Kira. I felt like, and I still feel like the world's biggest asshole over that. Kira's been doing public slams as long as I have. I know. She's been in, she was my apprentice. <sighs> she used to come over every week and we would build the, my contracts together. And, and I, yeah, man. I feel... Horrible, but in my defense, I, what, I've probably interacted with her 
maybe two or three times total. Sure. And the, the, the way that y'all and circles have crossed, probably not that many times. And I'm um, big, giant, tattooed, purple and green mask guy. She's one of... And, and look, I, this is... I don't want this to be dismissive, but she is one of many girls on the puppetry track that I have very briefly said, hey, cool, thank you so much, you know, whatever. Like, I am... I am more recognizable than most people. Sure. I'll tell you this about Kira. Kira is my number one go-to second puppeteer. If if there is somebody who is like... Like, for example, the incredible Mark Mir. Every year, Mark Mir is like, Hey, I, you know, this guy that writes the Bongo comics, uh, he's written this sketch, and I'm going to do a puppet show of it. And I need another, and I need, I need another puppeteer. Kira is the go-to. Kira is always the person that I say... And now, now they know each other, because they've worked together for several years... But she is the quickest study. You can hand her a puppet and a script. She is the quickest person to pick that thing up. You know, she she is unbelievably good at showing up with no planning and you handing her stuff and her running with it. Because she uh, has been a library circuit puppeteer for Piccadilly Puppets right here in Atlanta. For years and years and years. She has done the work in the trenches of puppetry well, that I haven't done. And you you have put her over on the show many times. Because as soon as you said Kira, my brain clicked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Bo has mentioned her just about every time you've been on the show. So, like, I know who she is. She's but visually, oh, visually yeah, exactly. I, I just haven't had... That much interaction. And I, well, like I said, I feel terrible. Well, but that's also the puppeteer thing. She's usually behind the playboard. Well, yeah, right, 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 <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Uh, she's in the back of the room at the puppetry track working the door. Right. Or she's behind the playboard. You know, she's not a up on front on stage introducing but things. Clearly, hey, look at me. But know? clearly we had had enough interaction sure. at that point where she she did feel... She did feel like, ah, oh, you should right. probably know me by now. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, to uh, her credit, she yeah. was right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. In, in no way am I saying she was wrong to be like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. So. No, Kira's an excellent um, colleague and the fact that she continues to volunteer, because all my people are volunteers, so the poetry track is uh, such a blessing because I know that... Whenever somebody asks me, "Hey, can you can you have somebody? Do you have a local puppeteer?" Yes, I do. Well, this this year, I'm going to make a point of seeking her out and saying, "I'm so sorry, I'm a no, jackass." And uh, Kira, I apologize. Well done. But I'm really bad with faces, unless you have like horns growing out of your head or something. Or your septum pierced. Note to self, if you want Dave to notice you, grow horns yes. and get your septum pierced. Yes. Or tell me the history of bananas in North America. Who told you that? Uh, that was, um, oh gosh, Maya? Well, you didn't remember. But that does sound like a story that Maya would tell. Maya, yes. It's Maya. I, well, here's the funny thing. I can pull up my Google Keep Notes right now, 
And she did such a good job <laughs> of presenting this to me that I have a Google Keep note called Bananas, the fish that swallowed the whale. Wow. That I, I, I don't have the book yet. But I actually took a note because she, she straight up told me. She was like, this is going to bore the shit out of you. And when you want me to shut up and go away, you tell me. But I'm going to tell you all about the history of bananas in North America. And I was like, I was like you know what? You've got my attention. That is such a Maya thing you, to do. You go and I will, and I was totally honest when I said this, I will let you know when I'm not interested anymore. And she got through her whole pitch because it was fucking well, she fascinating. Is, she is a performer and she's very entertaining. Right. She has great delivery. Right. Yeah. No. Maya, uh, I, one year coming back from the O'Neill Puppetry Conference, which I'm going to in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> Bo, you do know we have uh, a show. We've talked about it on the show June. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Right after that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I think I leave on the 7th. So oh, I leave so, uh, at like the end of that week. Three days after. Right. That's fine. Um, you got plenty of time. Plenty of time. But on the one, To prepare one the for years, literally the, the biggest puppetry event in America? Um, no. No? I, mean, biggest, I thought the Sonial thing was huge. It is huge, but it's not the biggest. I mean, the, the festivals are bigger than the conference. Oh, really? The conference has like 100 people at it. Um, it's a, it's an intensive. It's it's a small oh, group okay. of people doing really really hard work. Not the festival where it's like, hey, we're going to see uh, shows. So it's, it's, and, so it's not as big, but it's literally the best puppeteers in America. Um, not necessarily. It's a lot of the best young and up and coming talented people who haven't quite found their thing yet. Okay, it's a it's a. Vehicle for meeting the best and brightest of the younger generation, um, and have the opportunity to work with really great mentors. Um, there's a lot. I mean, it's one of my. It's it's the the O'Neill is the only place that I like as much as DragonCon. Oh wow! And that's saying something. Well, it's. I mean, it's got to be a place to get revitalized too. It is. It's a very intense. You I mean you shut the entire world out. And you live, breathe, and eat puppets for uh, you know we can change. If and only there was something like that for game show hosts. <laughs> Maybe there is. <laughs> I should look at that. There might be game show host camp. I feel like that would be intolerable. You know what? <laughs> Let's start a game show host camp. Oh man! If one doesn't exist, and corner the market. I I I, I just, my plate is full. There's <laughs> oh, just man. no way. This you know it'd be like it'd be like guys going to jazz camp. You go to you jazz go, camp. You go to. You go to you go to game wow. shows camp or a horror camp, you know, or like Ooh, horror you know, camp. Yeah, yeah. Brian yeah. went to horror camp. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He literally went and camped out and was hunted by a, a stalker. Right. A let's do. Let's do. Let's do game that. Game shows camp. But game it's shows six a.m. <laughs> Get up on that stage and tell us all about the electrolux vacuum cleaner, you maggot. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. I'm on it. Let's do it. it. All right. Believe it or not, we have been talking for an hour now. I believe it. How how do we wrap this up? What what cherry do we put on top of this conversational pie? Well, I will say I will finish my Maya story. That we were driving back oh, yeah. from the O'Neill and I got horribly sick. 
there was a there was a puppet plague that just swept through the conference. Is the O'Neill in the same place every time, or is it, it moved? Connecticut. So the Eugene okay. O'Neill Theater Center in Connecticut. Okay, okay. On the coast, it's in thing. It's beautiful. You're you're in the middle of nowhere. It's it's lovely. Um, and uh, although the weather the weather does go from paradise to prison camp very quickly. <laughs> um, I'll, so, I'll, yes, that is a true statement. Um, it just entirely depends on the weather. Uh, and anyway, so we're so I'm I'm horribly sick and ill, and it's a very very long drive back. Amy Rush, a saint. We were we were up there, and we'd driven up there together, and she drove back, and we stayed at Maya's parents' house outside DC. Uh, I was so sick that I hallucinated in their guest room. I I like became lucid in their bathroom. I had no idea how I got there. It oh, was wow. Horrible. I could do none of the driving. A poor, poor St. Amy did all two days of driving back from Connecticut to Miami. Oh, my Atlanta. gosh. But I was completely useless and like a feverish disaster. The so not only is she driving. Yeah, she's she driving has like to a guy who just like breathing. She has to deal with a weird, sick boat. Yeah, it was awful. And, and after that, I was like, I'm never driving to the O'Neill ever again. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to pour my ass into a plane at the end of it, and you're going to pour me out into my bed, and then I'm going to not leave for 24 hours. And <laughs> the only thing that makes me need the the recovery like Dragon Con is sure. Is yeah, well, I would imagine it's draining. 24. I need I 24 hours of sleep. Period. I need silence and darkness for 24 hours, and there is no getting around it. I just have to like. Well, and that's the thing, though, because as much as as much as I, I talk about how my, my day job, my money job, sucks the life out of me, and it does, but Dragon Con, when I'm having a big creative year, when we're doing the game show, when I'm doing a bunch of panels, when I'm whatever, it's, it's so it's much awesome. more draining because I'm voluntarily giving everything that I have, every every, every bit of myself yeah. is being poured out for four days. And that Monday, I got nothing. The O'Neill's like a full week, isn't it? So we can change. You, I mean, you can go for almost two two weeks. I don't. I can't even imagine. That's the pre-conference and the main conference. And I don't go to the pre-conference because I have kids. I can. I'm all. I can only do the main conference. Right, right. I just can't be away that long. Because um, as fulfilling as it is to, to pour yourself into something like that. I, I can't imagine sustaining it for more. Well, than- but it's also there's the beauty. I mean, there's the beauty of doing this deep dive and, and being surrounded, especially at the O'Neill, where the only people around you are people who get you. So you're you are pouring yourself in, but you're 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 feeding absorbing, on it yeah. too. You you are meeting the people who become friends for the rest of your life, right? Because there is an unspoken understanding that. Puppeteers are a certain kind of people, and that we, you know, we just get each other when we're around each other. And, and there, there's an ability to open up and feel safe to, to talk about things, um, knowing that these, this breed of people that you happen to be around right now are just going to get you in a way that you're just not used to. Um, yeah, you get that at Dragon Con, but, but there's also 80,000 people there, and you do meet those people. But not in such a concentrated setting like the O'Neill, where you're also under a lot of creative pressure to deliver. Well, and it's and energizing. Your emotions are frayed, and you're. It's energizing out. just to know, oh shit, there are people like me. 
Yes. Like just that. Well, and that and, and my first experience as a child, as as a teenager at Dragon Con, thirteen year old Dragon Con was that was the first time I'd ever had that experience. That very, very powerful moment that that where suddenly you don't feel like you're totally alone. Right. Holy crap, it's the realization there are people out here like me. I'm not I haven't been just living in this bubble my entire life. There are other people that can relate to me in a way that people I previously met in my life haven't. My my life is uh, the one of the since since I became an Oingo Boingo fan a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, there there is a song uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. I can't. On I, the outside I don't know. Yes, man, that song makes me almost cry yep. every time because it's too on the nose. It's yep. too much. And I feel like our day-to-day lives is so much that. And then we go somewhere like Dragon Con or like the O'Neill, and we we get to feel like we're not on the outside anymore. We get to feel like, man, we're there. There are people that I can relate to. I'm not the only one that has these passions, that feels this way, that is into these things. And and like, you know, nerd stuff's bigger than it's ever been. But this is a conversation I've had a lot of times. Sure, superficially, it's a big part of pop culture. But there's a difference between liking a Captain America movie and having the passion uh, to to create and to uh, look at things beyond just the world that we see every day. Well, and that's what I try to explain to people about fandom. Uh, and I think that Adam Savage has is, is articulated this very well. Geeks don't casually like things. Right. Geeks love things. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of of passion. Like there's the word geekgasm exists for a reason. You know, like there are moments when you experience things that raise the hairs on your body. Yes. It, it, nerd it, nerd chills, yeah. I call it. Yeah. When, when uh, when the Fox fanfare plays the beginning of the Star Wars movies, nerd chills. Right, every single you know, time. There, there's there's a there's a there's a visceral reaction that some people have and some people don't. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And be, being around those other people who share that same sort of investment and excitement is is really validating for people. Um, now, specifically at the O'Neill, we're under a lot of creative pressure. And we're around people who finally understand us. And, and what happens then is that all of the armor that we build around ourselves to exist in normal society gets stripped away. Um, it's like peeling an onion. It's yeah. like being an exposed nerve by yeah, the end, yeah, yeah. towards the end of the O'Neill. And one of the things that we talk about a lot towards the end is that reentry is hard. It's very, very difficult to experience a place where you feel like you can actually be completely open with people and share things that you do not feel comfortable sharing around other people. Right. And to let that armor fall and then go then back to, to the real world. Reassimilate. And and it's and it's and it can be very depressing. Uh, there, there. We have a sort of actually sort of support group 
um, type stuff that we do during reentry because we all get it. Like you, I know what it feels like. You walk back up to the real world after this experience, and you're just like a deer in the headlights. And you look at regular people, and you're really uncomfortable. Well, it's like the Wizard of Oz. It's yeah. like everything has been in beautiful technicolor, yeah, and then and all of a sudden it's black and white again. And our friend Joshua, yep, uh, his performance at the Slam a few years ago, uh, wear a cape, wear a cape. That was that was it, man. That every every single person in the room was crying. Because being there at Dragon Con all together, we, we all knew exactly what it was. That, and I think that Joshua's been really, and that's why when Joshua's been at, the, at, at Dragon Con since that first time with Wear a Cape, it was, I know your talents, Joshua. And sight unseen. I want to let you close the Dragon Con Puppet Slam, which is the cherry on top of the entire puppetry track. This is it. This is the last blowout. Nothing on Monday. We, you know, we stumbled through Monday. Beretta yeah, yeah. is is the driving force that somehow manages to be full of energy on Monday when everybody else <laughs> is ready to crawl her under a rock and die. And Beretta brings us home. And and I knew that for a lot of people. The, the Dragon Cup Puppet Slam, that's it. That's their last major memory. That's their last big thing other than, like, struggling out of the hotel room and packing all the shit up. That part sucks. No, that's that's my... I mean, that Puppet Slam, that's my big... It's it. That's my big finish. That's the right. main event it's, for and me. It's, and it's the big finish for a lot of people. And and so the, the, the idea that I can have somebody like Joshua, who I trust implicitly, to say, I don't know what you were going to do. But I trust you to write something in the next two days that speaks to this place and speaks to those people. And he brought the house down. And and, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. He's, uh, That's what he can do. Th- thanks to you, he came on the show. Um, and he, he and I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of smart people. I've talked to a lot of uh, very... Earlier tonight we were talking about... Uh, the, the various range of, of beliefs and ideologies and whatever else. Uh, I've talked to a lot of different kinds of people. I think he's the most sensitive and intelligent person I've ever had on the show. Uh, and every every sentiment he expressed was powerful. Uh, it was it was a very good conversation. And for the listeners, if if you haven't heard it, go back in the archives. Uh, and, and find Joshua, uh, man, it was just, it was, it was a, you know, it's funny, the, the very special episode of like Punky Brewster or whatever, <laughs> but it really was a special episode yeah. of the Puppeteers are special people. We're, and that, yeah. that's part of what it is, is that when we're around each other, we're like, whoa, we are what, there is something weird about us and what drew us to this path, you know, uh, and that we find this weird common ground and this sense of, vulnerability around each other. Um, and I'm sure that that's like that with any sort of, you know, you can, oh, well, when I get together with my fly fishing buddies, like... Right, right, right. You know, it's... it's yeah, it's, that, it is com- that it is. camaraderie is, sure, is exactly. whatever, yeah, shared, shared whatever your bent it. is. But I will say, yeah. even though uh, even though I'm not a puppeteer, my, my favorite times and the times that I've felt the most comfortable... Uh, have been at the puppetry track 
gatherings. Well, we, tr- we try to create a, you know, puppetry is human. Yes. You know, uh, it's it, universal. It, it, it is. There's something about making little versions of ourselves that, that we love. We love that shit. We've been doing it for a long <laughs> time. As long as there have been people, there have been puppets. And, um, th- so I think that there is a, there is something innately human about puppeteers, those people who choose to walk that path, um, that we get humanity in a sort of unique way, in the way that we, that our, our craft presents it. Um, it, I think there's something that draws particular kind of people to, to that. We're going to tell stories with objects and without words when possible and communicate on a very basic human level. That's, that's exactly that's what, what I was going to say is I think, I think there's a passion and a, and a, an innate talent for communicating life at a very universal level, a need to, to connect and to communicate on that level that no other medium can, can convey in the way that puppetry does. And that's what makes you guys so special. We think so. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap it up. Mr. Yes. Bo Brown. Here's here's what I want to do. We're gonna pick up the uh, the Recordotron five thousand, right. and we're gonna walk across your Castle Grayskull great yeah. rug, which is a great rug, by the way. It's, it, it is great. We're gonna walk past the playboard, the playboard with, the rehearsal space. with the puppetry hat that I will be wearing. What is this called? Hood. Hood. The hood that I'll be I will be wearing a puppetry, a puppetry hood. hood. Very excited about that. And a Holocaust cloak. And a Holocaust cloak. <laughs> double, double. So we're standing here taking in your collection. You've got a good number of items that items. that I do not have. I, and actually, you know what? What I'm going to do, for the listeners, this is not going to be great for you guys. But what I'm doing is walking back across the room to get my phone so we can real quick Instagram a live... Oh, so many of my girls are... Falling down right now. They're, they're Man, that's just that's just how toy collections go. So many girls with weak ankles. So live right now, we're recording the Needless Things podcast and on Instagram, we're looking at Mr. Bo Brown's uh, Masters Universe Classics collection, which is unparalleled because you have like everything, right? Um. And this Mondo guy. I do have the one Mondo. The yeah. Mondo I've that's out. Skeletor, who hasn't arrived yet. And now yeah. you're desperately trying to stand up your people that have fallen over. That's the girl. Here's Guy Gore. What is, what is this yellow gorilla's name? Guy Gore. It is Guy Gore. I was right. You, you got it. I have him. I have him. And I can't remember. So anyway, that was uh, live on Instagram, some Needless Things podcast. I hope it saves it to my phone so I can post it some other time later. But anyway... Uh, this is this week's Needless Things podcast, so please do check back in for the full episode. Pop. Frosta. Frosta. Uh, so anyway, for for the, for those of you that are listening with just the audio, uh, that probably wasn't super interesting. But anyway, we're looking at the, the full collection the here. You fixed all the ladies. Everything's yeah. straightened up now for our audio listeners. Guy Gore is going back in his spot. There, yeah. 
I rescued him from the floor earlier and scared Matt, which is kind of awesome. Uh, I love your filmation stuff. Thank you. I have not followed you into the filmation realm. I, I, I like the way that they look. Um, you know, and, and they're giving us some characters through the filmation line that we weren't going to get otherwise, like Dialamug, um, who's like, look at that guy. I mean... Yeah, he's pretty awesome. But what, what we're going to do to close this thing out... All right. I'm going to put you in a tough spot, Mr. Bo Brown. Oh, you're going to ask me, like, what's my favorite guy? I, I am no. going to ask you to pick... One guy and one girl that just jump off the shelf that you're like, holy shit, that is an amazing figure. Okay, well, my girl is easy. I still think Catra's the best female figure. Um, uh, I, I like all the rest, but there's something about the way that her, the gloss like she has the the glossy parts she has the matte parts she she's perfect um easily catra is and and she has that hand that that catra hand, hand is the great hand um the hair the mask everything i i just think that they nailed her she she's perfect um, All right. there's a lot of other great ladies but who's um, your dude but who's the dude? I'll tell you, looking right now, just from the other side here, that horde mummy. The horde mummy is I guess jumping he, out. He he is he was the probably the figure I was most excited about in in the that year yeah. of releases. Um, he you know he fits completely in with the rest of the horde as yeah he monsters. works he works you know Mantena's the fly and we got the creature from Black Lagoon and the Wolfman and vampires right and, right you know, right um, you know he 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 was the mummy guy and but he's not your pick who's your pick <sighs> you got to choose because I got to pee um I'm probably gonna I, come around there and pee in your sink in a and second I think I've said this before um I I. I Want to kind of go with uh, too bad? Too bad. Interesting. He, he does. I mean, he stands out. He really you does. See, you can see, like, he's got this nice prominent place. He's way out here in front. Um, I think that you know, for a character that wasn't the standard buck, right? You know, they really just—he's an above and beyond. Yeah, he's an above I mean, and beyond. Mantena, Mantena is is up there. Uh, I love classics Mantena, and I think that one but year he's, when we did our review, he was my figure of the year. But he's a little—he's great, but he's a little goofy. Well, I mean, he's good when he's a little more horrored up for the classics version. Horrored up, horrored up. Look, look at that tart. Whereas he's a little more close to the. All right, we're gonna have to pause because I gotta pee right now. You're sitting here watching me dancing <laughs> around. I was expecting you to stop. Like you're drawing it out. I'm still recording. You keep talking. Oh yeah. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I felt like um, as much as uh, Mantena was fantastic, he's a little creepier, like a little over-designed classics-wise. Um, you know, they really wanted to make him a lot scarier, uh, whereas I feel like Too Bad is a much more solid homage to the the character rather than trying to... Um, sort of four horsemen and him up and make him creepier and scarier. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's one of the most excellent executions of a figure who had some design challenges. You know, he has the double 
double torso and, and the two heads and everything. Um, so he had a lot of new parts on him. He has probably two pre-existing parts on him between his uh, blue thigh and blue upper arms. Everything else is new parts, so there's a lot of new stuff going on there. Uh, I would also say that Ram Man is up there with Mantena. Um, you know, if I had to pick, you know, my top five, I would put Ram Man up there. Uh, let's see. That was totally fascinating. I was absolutely. I'm putting, I'm putting Ram Man up there with that in like, you know. If I had to pick a top five, it'd be Ram Man, Mantena, but I, I do think that Too Bad is up there is, is probably my favorite. Um, I like that you picked a top five and named three figures. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking around at what would my... That you know, card, card looks really good, too. That card does look really good. But I'm glad we're getting on the top of my list. I'm glad we're getting a legit movie card. Absolutely. Well, I think that it was it was a great saving cost-saving measure to do the full line yeah, yeah. and get it made. And it was a great way for them to skimp around the movie rules previously to give us a card if the movie line had never happened. Right. So they really fed into each other. And I liked that Nightlick gave them credit for figuring out like how to do that. All right, well, we, and he couldn't have done it. I mean, that's no, it was just like because it was Mattel. We're Mattel. We they they would never. He we, would never. The only reason Super Seven got to do it was because they weren't Mattel. Right. Yeah. We've got to. Uh, we got to wrap up Mattel. our visit at Brown Brown Abbey. Here at Brownson Abbey. Mr. Bo Brown, thank you so much for uh, letting thank me you. hang out for an additional hour Absolutely. and 24 minutes here. Yeah, man. And uh, what what do we, you got anything, where can we find, you want to put it over the center. Center for Puppetry Arts on Instagram, right? Uh, yeah, you can uh, check out the Center for Puppetry Arts on Instagram. We do all sorts of, you know, puppety related stuff there and promoting our shows. And our we have a cool Puppets and Pints, new Puppets and Pints season. Ooh. Come and check out our awesome Worlds of Puppetry Museum, which has the Dark Crystal exhibit. It's got the Jim Henson collection, you know, Sesame Street, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Muppets, all that stuff in a relaxed, child-free environment. Ooh. A lot of times when you come to the center, there's like school groups right, and right. kids everywhere and, you know, and, it, and that's great. We love that. Yeah, yeah. However, if you just want to chill with Kermit and Big Bird, sometimes it's nice to do that when there's not like a, you know... 50 Screaming Kids there. So, Puppets and Pints, they're going to be themes. The first theme is going to be Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. We are doing Game of Puppets. When? Uh, it is in, I believe, the first week of June. So, check out Puppets so and you, Pints. you won't actually be here for it. Uh, no, I might be here for it, or I might have already left. But it's not my event. Puppets and Pints. Holy Puppets shit. Puppets and Pints, man. Go to that. Bar, the bar is open. Get a drink, go see the museum, chill out. There's going to be like activities, like Game of Thrones y activities. Oh my gosh. We're going to do a Harry Potter one. We're going to do a Super Spy one. Yeah, new museum programming, Puppets and Pints. Oh wow. I'm down with this. Yeah, man. Awesome. Mr. Bo Brown, thank you for the conversation. My pleasure. And I look forward to uh, being back over here in just a few days for our final week. Well, maybe not final. We may have one more. Hopefully, we can get one more. Hopefully, we can get one more in. I'd like to do a full costume run through. We will definitely do that. Cool. Thanks, man. One more thing. Oh, what? Good journey! That was an absolutely delightful evening. And uh, I do, if you happen to be listening, 
I do want to apologize to the gentleman who missed out on the Star Wars figures. Uh, if, if you con- if you hear this and you contact me and you have not found those Star Wars figures yet, uh, I, I will sell them to you for the regular price of whatever. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you heard this and you're like, I think he's talking about me, uh, I am. And uh, just shoot me a, a message on the old Facebook and uh, we'll we'll work that out and we'll get you your Star Wars figures. Uh, so, that's all I've got. Uh, like I said, please do check out Momocon. Please do check out the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Um, I'm trying to think what else might be coming up. Go to NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Check out all of our posts about Game of Thrones, toy reviews, uh, all kinds of pop culture stuff. I just today finally picked up the 112 Collective Blade, and I will be reviewing that soon. I also have Mezco's new King Kong of Skull Island, uh, which is not from the the movie Skull Island. Uh, It's just a King Kong figure that looks absolutely incredible. I'm going to be reviewing that really soon. And uh, I will probably be talking a lot about the wrestling figures that I'm buying because I already have bought uh, the most recent Dusty Rhodes figure that is amazing. I'm getting ready to put some pictures up on Instagram right now. And I have Harlem Heat on the way one of my favorite tag teams of all time uh so check out needless things spread the word about the needless things podcast uh if you see me at momocon please come up and say hi and take a picture and and do whatever all we do and uh just everybody have fun everybody have a great time i know stuff gets busy life gets hectic but try and remember the the fun stuff and try and and make your own fun and, and also your own time to relax i love you guys Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.